You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm your host, Sean Devine. The podcast is supported by Squarespace and WorkOnRails.com. If you have a job to promote, you can list it for free on WorkOnRails.com with the code RELAUNCH. This is episode number 145, a conversation with Eric Steele. Yeah, um, I've been so I've been contracting for about three years and been working out of uh, Andy Hall in Philadelphia for most of that time, uh, on and off for the first two years, and full time for the last year. So, what's the what's the name of it again? It's uh, Indie Hall. Indie Hall. Okay, I'll yeah. put that in the show notes. So, what sort of setup uh, does it have? Is it is it uh, one of those? kind of open desks with conference rooms for small, you know, brand new startups if they need it kind of deals? Yeah, it's more for a, yeah, it's more for independence. Um, it's got the open floor plan. Um, there are two, two floors. Uh, they just recently took over the, the first floor and uh, expanded. And um, we work in pods. There are two, uh, two conference rooms. They're just kind of, they're there for use. And uh, they just added a classroom area. It's also just a bunch of tables and a projector. So, so if they're competing against the library, what do they offer that the library doesn't? Um, I wouldn't say they're really competing against the library. I would say that they are. Uh, it's not necessarily a space so much as it is a like a, a membership program. It's it's much more like a gym than it is a, an office. Like they're they're yeah, they're kind kind of for the people. Like treadmill and, desks. Kind of thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of. Okay. Not that far, like a gym. Um, <laughs> Got it. But uh, no, it's it's um, the the membership uh, and and like the just the ability and the habits of, of going in there is is more of what they they promote. And um, so so you won't find a lot of startups in there. And uh, it's a it's a lot more um, democratic than um, than like a company run thing. So I, I worked out of. Um, Oh, I can't even remember what it was called in Denver, but it felt more more sterile. This place feels like I know I brought somebody there from Denver. They came in and they said it looked like how they imagined Portland to feel. Right. There's just just cardboard art up on the walls. Uh, there's a Triple H stand up um, with a shirt just back in the corner somewhere. So it's it's comfortable. Yeah, I've had I, I kind of like those spaces. I think that they're much more quiet than people expect them to be which i like it's surprising yeah um so i i've been listening to uh, five by five for a while and um i remember there was there was a running bit where um just dan hates the the open floor plan uh co-working space because people are just kicking around soccer balls and um uh throwing throwing frisbees around and uh i get that and it's not it's it's not like that it's nice and quiet it's comfortable and uh it's 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 good. The members kind of keep things in check, so it's. I think it depends on the people that are there, and different spaces around the city are for different types of people. So. Right. Yeah, you know, I've I, so I've been to a number of them, and I'm still waiting to see the one that is loud with the soccer balls kicking around, because <laughs> that's definitely the the vision that people have in their head, and I, I actually find that it's almost the reverse that. Like, so I like quiet, I like library kind of environments, but if you didn't like that, I could see it being a turnoff because it ends up, it, it's, it's very quiet because a lot of them don't have music in the background and there isn't tons of idle chatter, maybe a little bit. But. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice and it's fun because, um, a, a lot of the people that are there uh, have been there long enough to, to, like, it, it's, it's my social group. Like it's my, uh, my group of, of friends is, I, I try not to, to cross the, the the work that i do 
and the, the people that I work for um, with the people that I spend most of my day with. So That's a cool idea. It sort of like makes having all your friends be from work a little bit less... It's nice, and uh, it's nice. And it, it makes me a lot less terrified. Uh, I mean, I, I worked in an office uh, for two years before I started uh, doing contract work, and um, whenever somebody would come up to my desk, it was just... I knew it was a nightmare. Like, I, I was the catch-all IT guy. Like, oh, your Outlook won't print to the printer, and I had to spend, like, five hours to, to do that. And so now it's kind of kind of sticking to that. Uh, I don't really work with anyone out of this space. Is It's more like I don't work with family. Like, I, I want to enjoy these spaces uh, and, and not be afraid of who's coming up to talk to me. So, hmm. Cool. So tell me a little bit about the contract work that you do. Uh, contract work, I... They, they turn into mostly uh, long-term, uh, full-time contracts. Like, I like to work on one thing at a time. Um, I, I don't know. I have a, I have a background in uh, design, weirdly enough, and uh, found myself out of necessity migrating uh, like about five years ago to web development stuff. Um, and I've just kind of found myself living comfortably in that space in between. And because of that, I've, I just tend to take this, this role of talking to people who have these like, ideas like the the i i, I want to do this thing i want to have the startup and then just taking it all the way to completion um and uh, so you usually, usually work with new new companies yes it's 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 nice uh, it, it, it's nice having a clean slate i mean i've i've done my fair share of rescue projects and worked on teams and, and i like those too but my ideal clients are ideal contracts are just these nice ones where it's i'm i'm helping uh, in, in every way, shape, or form. So, so you're like a, a technical co-contractor. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, um, uh, if if I were to stay on, I would end up being some form of CTO, much much farther down the road. Yeah. But I like I like working on contracts because it's um, new ideas every time. Well, we should take a step back, and why don't you introduce yourself so people know who uh, we're talking to right now? Sure. Hi there, I'm Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Eric Steele. I, uh, I don't know. They, I, I reached out to you. I'm I'm not part of any massive uh, open source project. Uh, I've been listening to the past few shows, and um, I'm just kind of uh, a Rails developer. I've been working on. Uh, I'm kind of like the. I'm trying to be like the Jane Goodall of of learning how to test. Like living in that 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 early, those early stages as long as possible. Um, we, could take, we could take that a lot of different directions. So what, is, <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so I, I uh, about a year ago, I was frustrated with like I, I wasn't writing tests for my uh, my, my client work, and um, it was it was starting to finally like I, I was seeing a very clear benefit, and I tried to learn testing before that, and so I wanted to just figure out why I wasn't doing that. So I figured the best way to do that is to tell people um, and be very honest about the entire thing, but that I'm, I'm writing a book. So last year I just said, yes, look at this book I'm writing um, because I want to learn how to test and I want to show you, like, I want to figure out what's going wrong here. So I've been doing that for about a year. So, kind of- so the idea is not that you are the, the expert tester explaining to you know, other people, how it should be done, but rather the person that's trying to figure it out and, and letting everyone else in on your journey. Is that the, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that that's like, I I tried to record as many of those aha moments as possible. And I mean, that's the way I've kind of taught myself, um, just throughout my life. And I figured might as well just put it down on paper. So, 
How long have you been a, a programmer for? Um, so that's a, a weird question because in high school, I, I I come from a really small town and there they didn't really have much of a sense of what to do with someone interested in programming. They they had the um, hunting classes and the <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the um, construction classes like done. That was that was taken care of, but. Um, so I took in seventh grade, that, and that was whenever high school started. Seventh grade, I took a, uh, a half of a Pascal class, having no programming background at all. Um, Wait, which half of it did you take? The, the first half. Like it was just. <laughs> well, I guess I, that makes more sense than the second half. Yeah, I guess that's better than the second half. It could have been much much worse. But uh, then, um, like maybe two years later, I didn't get any more uh, any, any more experience testing. They threw me back in the same like. Uh, three quarters of that same testing class, the same Pascal class, and it was just, it was weird and haphazard, and it finally sorted itself out. I, I took some, uh, again, an, like another half of a Java class. I don't understand what was going on uh, there, but it. So at this point, you've taken what well, depends on how you count. You've either taken one and a quarter classes, or if we count the Pascal, half a class twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I could teach the first half of that class now. <laughs> You should put that on your resume. <laughs> Able to teach half of uh, high school Pascal. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Actually, I, I remember. Uh, I, I wrote a just like a really haphazard. Uh, like it, it, it was one of those. If the if it was in a range, like if a number was in a range, it would give you a fortune. Like it was just uh, a, a case statement, effectively. And uh, I, I turned it in as one of the projects, and the teacher freaked out because of the predictions that I had included. Like you'll they were all negative. Like you will die a terrible, terrible death. You will <laughs> <laughs> And so maybe that's why I only took a half a class because they, they just uh found swept me under the rug. This, this guy's a creep. We gotta get him this, out. this guy is is not writing good things. So, so. Ha, where uh, where was this town that you grew up in? I grew up in uh Rockwood, Pennsylvania. Um it was very far away. I tell people that I grew up in Somerset, um, Pennsylvania which is a uh, turnpike stop and uh, south of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, been, I've been living in Philadelphia for about six years now. Um, Reminds me of my favorite, uh, my favorite Pittsburgh joke or Pennsylvania joke, which is uh, <clears throat> someone says, where did you, uh, where did you grow up? And you say, Tennessee. And they say, which part? And you said the part between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh it is like the, the most depressing double stuff Oreo Pennsylvania. Just, <laughs> disgusting um, I, well, I, <laughs> I mean so, i love pennsylvania but. i lived in pittsburgh um for i don't know three or four years and and i actually kind of liked it um the way i describe it is that pittsburgh was great if you had to be there so yes. like I, I don't know that i'd pick to be in pittsburgh over all the other places you could pick to be but uh but if you had to be there it was pretty nice yeah it was um i i have i have no qualms with pittsburgh it was it was a great place and i grew up like two hours south of it so i would go into pittsburgh like Every couple of months, uh, if I was lucky, and um, you know, I would. I'm not really into to, uh, sports or baseball, but I remember very, very fondly going to uh, you know, Pirates games uh, just with with the family. It would be a huge event. Yeah. Um, now, now I, I live in Philadelphia, and it's just um, one thing I didn't like about Pittsburgh, and, and I'm probably very wrong about this because it's so long since I've made this determination. But it was very hard to get around. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like it's just so many hills. Like it, it's, <laughs> I feel like there should be more than one inclined plane. <laughs> right. Well, it's got kind of two things going against it. I mean, it's got the the rivers and the hills. Right. And between <laughs> right. 
between the two, I mean, there is no direct path from here to there. I think that the the upside is that it's not that big of a city, so it's not you know the end of the world. But but if you're you know if you're south of Pittsburgh down in um, uh, one of the suburbs down there, and you need to get like I don't know to the the northeast side of Pittsburgh, it's and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trek. It is. It is. A car is like almost mandatory if you if you want to do anything around Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, yeah I think one the only- benefit only possibility you could go for is like the shady side area but then yeah. i don't know that could get that could feel a little small after a while shady I think. side oh, I, like, I remember it. shady side I, so another another job i had um, after the high school before the rails was um i did customer service for uh, the the gas company in pittsburgh far outside of pittsburgh and um i, I grew to just love all of the names of the the pittsburgh boroughs like shady side Squirrel Hill. Squirrel Hill, like, right next to right next to Shady Side. Yeah, and and now now that I'm hearing Shady Side, Shady Side is not shady at all. Like it is, it is pretty nice. Like it's a pretty okay area. Like, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's like an ironic name. It's like the yeah. least shady side. Yeah, it's like the uh, the the Iceland of Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's totally right. Well, I like uh, the other places. Oakland. So people Oakland. say like, where do you uh, where do you work? And I worked first when I lived in Pittsburgh in Oakland. And they're like, oh, geez, so kind of like in San Francisco, but not quite. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> right. no, not that Oakland. No, 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 no. No, o- Oakland, the, the the pit, Oakland, CMU, <laughs> Oakland. Yeah, Anyways. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, my only rural Pennsylvania story is, so I worked for um, the big trucking company Conway for a number of years, and uh, back in, I worked there uh, during the like the economic uh, existential crisis of, of 2000, and what was that, 8? Mm-hmm. So we had to close all of these terminals around the country. Terminals are like... Um, cross dock facilities that, that the freight moves in and out of and drivers work at. So I had to go around the country to, um, with some of the other guys that we had on the executive team and, and explain to, to, um, uh, people around the country, why we were closing these 40 locations. And a lot of those days were pretty stressful, but none more than, uh, I don't remember the name of the town, but somewhere in like the, the mid North region of central Pennsylvania. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, boy. That's, uh, yeah, that's, no, we, you, you don't go there. Well, I went there and, to and, tell and them that we jobs. were yeah, closing a pretty big facility, and I, it was bad. I mean, I don't think that I, <laughs> I don't think I'm intimidating in the first place, you know, physically, and, uh, oh, man, <laughs> even if I was, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered that day. <laughs> so, anyway, so I, how'd, how'd you get to, uh, how'd you get to Rails programming from your uh, first, uh, to Pascal class experiences. That's uh, so I got I got the Rails programming. Um, so my first uh, the the office job the the two years before the contracting was uh, um, that kind of molded me into needing to do uh, development. And uh, I had come out with a design degree. Uh, we we had talked a little bit on on Twitter. I, I went to DeVry. I'm not proud of the fact that I went to DeVry, but I went to DeVry. And I got a weird graphic design education from DeVry, and I, it's just it's weird. I don't. I don't know why I took that there, but um, I ended up parlaying that into this just agency work um, from an internship, and uh, so I started working like with uh, with Magento for e-commerce stuff, um, uh, Code Igniter for uh, client work, and we had contract somebody contracted somebody to do a uh, an API for this little product that we were working on uh, with WinRails. I had to help design the entire thing, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I didn't like that. So 
um, I started digging into it, and that was my first uh, cut my cut my teeth um, uh, watching somebody else do all this, and it just it stuck. It was such a I, I, I liked it as a tool. I liked what I was able to do um, from a um, I'm a I'm a technical guy, but like living in that space between the the design and the development, it kind of it it, it makes you appreciate the um, the shortcuts and the magic yeah. a, a little bit more. So I can definitely understand why the the sort of the DeVry uh, experience would be one of those things one wouldn't be so sure how they want to uh, position. <laughs> but at this point, I think it, so. The reason we were talking about it on Twitter, I think it sets up one of my favorite jokes right now. Just someone, someone says, well, how'd you learn how to program? And you say, well, I, I, um, went to one of those, those code schools that, that people talk about kind of an accelerated program where you'll kind of learn on the job, you know, but, but, uh, meet other people trying to do the same thing. And they say, oh yeah, where? And you say DeVry. And then, you know, they get to try to unpack the, the fact that it's, it's actually an accurate statement and makes them feel differently about everything. Yeah, if there if there is an institution that is prepared for that, um, it would be DeVry. I, uh, I, my relationship with DeVry was really weird because I came in. I actually, before like right out of high school, went to them. Uh, didn't like it. Took time off to do a whole bunch of other work, like the gas stuff, and, and right. uh, came back in actually two thousand eight. Um, just as you were, you know, I, I heard about this guy up in the middle of the state that was just causing a ruckus, shutting down. Uh, um, truck, truck <laughs> right. and uh, I thought I had to get out of there. So I, uh, I went to Philadelphia, back to uh, <laughs> back to DeVry, and um, had much more of like a, an adult mindset of right. just how to handle my education and everything. So I, I like I worked with the dean. Like I, I just talked with the the people involved a lot, just about what I was getting out of it and, and how to move stuff forward. And I got to know a lot about how. Like just that institution works because I was trying to get stuff for 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 the students. So now, what does and if this question's too sort of uncouth to ask, then just tell me. But what does a Devry education cost? I will. Uh, it's not uncouth because it's probably one of my uh, big sore spots or sore spots there. Um, I don't. I actually don't even have. So so the program I took was an associate's program. Um, it is a web graphic design program, and I uh, for two years I have about. Um, I, I think the number I looked at last month was uh, still sixty-five thousand dollars in debt. Wow! Um, and that uh, that wrapped up in twenty. Oh, I don't even remember. I want to say twenty ten. Wow! Two thousand nine, twenty ten, something like that. So, it's, so that's a lot. Yeah, it's nuts, and it's. Uh, huh. Now, now, was it? Is it that? Yeah. So did you? So if if, if I could have asked. Uh, you know, Eric, one second before he started DeVry, how much it would cost. Did you know it was going to cost that much, or did it nope. somehow end up being a surprise? And if so, was that like your fault or theirs? I think um, I think it was. It's a matter of education. Uh, before the education, like I, I didn't know a lot of what was going on, and I knew I wanted that thing. Uh, I wanted the education. I wanted the experience, um, and it didn't matter. Like everybody in my life was telling me, like, don't worry about it. That's what loans are for. Keep going, and. Um, if I understand correctly, you're, you're going through something very similar with your uh, with your daughter. Yeah, like, yeah. So my daughter actually decided uh, yesterday where she's going to college. This is a very timely question. Mm-hmm. So, so she made it. You know, apparently there's a there's a there's a thing now for kids where they make it official, and there's you know there's some sort of selfie posted on mm-hmm. one or more of the social. And the networks. school the school gets them a promise ring. <laughs> you know, you don't know how true that, that is. 
So anyways, so yesterday she, she uh, announced she's going to uh, Wisconsin starting next year. Congratulations. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. But that's been a, it's, been a, it's been a thing. It's, it's tough. It is not a, an easy decision. And, and um, if, if I were to go back and tell Eric, look, if I were to give him one piece of advice, it would be, first of all, go here because you're going to meet uh, the lady you'll eventually marry, which is pretty cool. Um, but be aware of how much money you're putting into this because that's a thing that's going to be with you for a really long time. Right. Um, and it's just, it was, it's a combination of a lot of things. Like it was 2008. Everybody was giving out money until like right at the end and rates shot up. Um, I only could get, uh, could get private loans because the federal loans had, uh, they, they had started being more diligent about that. And so all of my loans can't be, can't be re, uh, reconsolidated. Um, because they have me on just this ridiculous rate, and mm-hmm. nobody wants to take it. It's, it's impressive, and I think it, it was a, I think it was a 2008-2009 problem uh, that that hopefully is is getting, getting ironed out. So, how old were you at the time you made those decisions? Uh, let's see, I was, let's see, I was 21 or 22. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm 27 now. Wow, I'm 27 now. <laughs> Congratulations! <Hey>, thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, gave twenty-seven a promise ring. So. <laughs> you made it there. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So back to back to testing. So as as we get into this, so what is the name of the? Is it an existing book or a, a forthcoming book? It is so close to uh, being forthcoming. It is exciting. Um, but so the, so the book is uh, what do I test? Question mark. Um, and <laughs> right. to answer that question because uh, I, I found that the, 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 the there's just an education problem in in the that whole like the TDD BDD mindset of like the the, the process is um, you write a test you make you write a test that fails you make the test pass you refactor that test like that's the the, the process. And there's a whole lot of stuff that ha- needs to happen before that first step of writing a test, and uh, that's what the, a large chunk of the, the book addresses. Hmm. So d- does it use um, RSpec or mini-test? That has been uh, one of the hardest things to do, um, because I started with RSpec, I started with factories, um, and I eventually kind of pulled the plug on that, realizing that it's much easier to learn a thing if you don't have to do a lot of work to set it up. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it's really hard to position myself as, uh, as an advocate and not as a um, kind of like... I, it, it, there, there's a very fine line between suggesting something and uh, making it dogma. And so I'm, I'm trying to... Like, I'm, I like RSpec perfectly fine people have been using it and, and it's it's delightful but i put my blinders on with mini test and uh and fixtures too hmm. i uh I, I kind of feel the same way so i like r spec mm-hmm. and and I, you can like something without disliking the thing that's a competitor of it exactly yeah so i don't dislike mini test i just like r spec yeah uh, and there's I, I think that that is the uh the biggest problem out there um, just in in all of the articles and all of the the self education of testing, in just that perspective, um, because I one of my 
The, the, the one thing that will make me angry uh, about uh, whenever I'm doing research or writing anything is whenever I happen upon an article that says this is how you should start testing. This is how you should like. This is the best way to do it. This is it. Um, and it's just all these things, which is ironic because I'm writing a book about it. <laughs> I was going to say, it's <laughs> sort of like a like a self-hating mindset. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, the, the the tone that I try and take is a like. This is what I use. This is what has worked for me. Like I, I, I try and present it in that way. Like I, I, I've used RSpec before. I've used factories before. I've used these things. This is what helped me learn. You, I'm not saying that the other is bad. I'm saying it's easier to learn with this. So in in that context, that is what I make that like. You should probably use mini test if you want to just start testing. So I'm going to make my case for factories, and I want you to to to, to like agree or disagree. Excellent. Uh, as you see fit. So I think the factories are essential for one type of thing in particular, which is if you have to test um, methods that depend on uh, leveraging the database to find things. And so in other words, if you've got scopes, and I know there's like a, a smug possible answer that you're, I don't think you'd give, but that some people would give, would be like, <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing should work without the database. You're like, well, what happens when you have like 5 million records and like the application needs to provide some methods to get at those records and you obviously can't walk through them in, in Ruby. Um, so anyway, so any, anytime I have, uh, methods or, or, or classes that primarily have methods that are focused on, on querying the database factories are, are a godsend that I think without things become a big pain. Uh, how does that match up with your sort of perspective? So that's, uh, that's interesting because I've been, I just finished up a, like a chapter on collections. And, um, so I pretty, it, it was, I tried to make it not too dramatic, but um, I'd been using factories in the book up until about a month ago, uh, two months ago, um, because I, I like factories. I don't like writing things, and uh, fixtures just felt felt too much like creative writing, and I was repeating myself a lot. So um, I, I happened upon a, an old contract that I had written fixtures for, and so I weighed the options of uh, rewriting the entire thing in factories or just using the fixtures. And so I thought, ah, whatever, I can just do this in two days, I'll deal with it. And um, I ended up liking it a lot um, because of the... the so th there are two things for those uh, database queries. Getting stuff from the, the database. Uh, you had mentioned having a lot of, uh, of items in the database. Um, is that is that what you would be testing with that? Like testing five thousand records? Oh no no no! So when I when I test, uh, like I'll give an example. Let's say I've got a um, let's say I've got like a search object that takes a bunch of of parameters and then constructs a search on a class from those parameters. And I'll test with just a couple of records in the database. But if I tested the, the the main point is that it has to be hitting the database because right. in the real world there are going to be millions of records. So right. you know if if it was just like walking through a collection and testing the individual items to see if they should be included or not, that's not going to work. No. Um, so I would say it, that the, the answer is uh, is dodgy, but it depends on the scale of what you're doing. Um, if it's a a large search object that has a lot of possible outcomes, you'll want to have factories. And I, for that project, I was using factories alongside the fixtures to generate. Um, what was I generating? I don't remember. But uh, th there's nothing wrong with having those factories next to the fixtures. 
the fixtures I would use in the most common single object tests or, or uh, anything that would need a complex test because it was just there all the time. And then the factories I would use more often for creating new records. So um, let's be clear about nomenclature here. Sure, about sure, sure. Fixture versus factory. So what what exactly do you mean when you describe? All right. So a, a, a fixture is pretty much a a fixture is a static uh, record, or an object that has been created uh, by most likely by hand. Uh, you probably aren't going to be using if you're going into the fixture mindset. You're writing these things uh, on your own without using any generators. Um, they are pulled in by Rails uh, in, from YAML files, and they are just inserted directly into the, into the database, uh, skipping the entire um, object creation process, uh, validations, callbacks, anything like that. So you, you, you miss out on some of the uh, um, you know, validity tests, anything that um, would need that process. Factories are created on demand um, from a generator. Use uh, most often. I was using uh, like a faker gem, or the the faker gem, mm-hmm. and um, so so you can quickly create new records and and get all the validity stuff and and create them as you need them within the test from within the context of the test. It's it's nice. It's very nice to be able to spin up a new object to for that specific test case, um, which is why I mean factories exist in the first place. But your main so your main reason to go away from RSpec and um, factories in the book is to sort of get uh, to reduce the dependencies uh, of the test environment, or is it something even more it was, principled it, than that? Yeah, it's it started that way uh, as like I, I don't want to keep I, I don't want to um, have a bunch of things that you need to add to the gem file in order to learn something because like uh, learning testing is not about learning the libraries and it's not about learning the syntax nearly as much as it's about learning the habits and and the mindsets that go along before you start using the syntax and everything um so i wanted to keep that as small as possible fixtures um i I switched over to them for the book because they they gave that advantage then i started using them in my day-to-day and i found um, that i stopped having to do that um the, the the stubbing dance where where you you need to stub out all the objects and the and, uh, relationships anything any dependencies that would uh, pop up that you didn't want to create for that um, and it just made it simpler to to just start writing those tests um, and it, it was it was just a nice little side effect that I I think I'm going to be incorporating um, in my day to day once this book is out and and working on client stuff again so how do you approach the uh, how do you approach the 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 book when you make a change that way. So let, let's say you get you know three quarters of the way done, and then decide something about the way you approach describing things in the book. You know, would be better if it went a different way. Do you go back and change the whole book, or is the book part of that choice, or is part of the book that choice, and then describing how to adjust from you know whatever approach you were using previously to the to the new approach, like from factories to fixtures? Um, yeah, that's that's interesting because I. I the the way I, so I'm using Scrivener to write and uh, Scrivener's it's really cool uh, as far as a it's it's pretty much an IDE just for writing a book like it's it's really really helpful um, it's terrible with handling code examples um, so I've just got this other <laughs> folder oh yeah it's it's uh, it hurt <laughs> fortunately um, the way that I had organized it um, I've got like my entire workflow involves uh, just, uh, just uh, one single shortcut in Vim that yanks out 
the uh, a, a syntax highlighted. Uh, it's syntax highlighted in an entirely different um, theme for the book uh, that pulls it out in an RTF format that I can just paste it directly in there. So if I have to change uh, any syntax, I have all of my code examples in one folder. They're not. It, it wasn't a lot of work, and I just uh, went back, changed the section about fixtures, and moved on. Mm-hmm. So it was painful, but it was not as bad as it could have been. So have you seen that new um, that new project from Michael Hartle that that uh, sort of is in uh, a branch off of his uh, Rails tutorial book? That's sort of like a self-publishing workflow for books about programming. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I was. I, I have this awful habit of, uh, as I'm going to bed, I will just skim through uh, Twitter. Oh yeah, that's and, that's that's a bad idea. <laughs> it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Do you have um, any other bad ideas you can share? <laughs> sure. Um, do you guys have a lot of money? Because I know where to not put it. Um, <laughs> um, skip all of your meals every day. Um, right. Fall down your stairs. Um, I broke I broke my arm. That was that was the thing. I broke my arm like two months ago. That was a weird thing. Uh, uh, not good for a programmer. Oh, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Uh, like we can if we can decide here. That was a weird experience that I'd love to talk about, or we could firewall that later. You'll never <laughs> believe what we forgot to talk about during our uh, conversation the other day. I uh, wait, can I can I take a guess? <laughs> Please. <sighs> Is it Squarespace? It is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the code UNICORN at checkout. A better web starts with your website. So, let's talk about Squarespace. You know what I hate about Squarespace? (laughs) This is is a bad way to start. (laughs) They are... Squarespace is so good that... (laughs) At, at being like a one-off product e-commerce platform, that they were one of the main reasons why I stopped working on that that other thing, like that uh, sales platform. Uh-huh. Like they had just added Stripe integration, and it was just it was just so good and so convenient that like it seemed pointless to to go on because like I would rather use that. So have you used that, or is it? Did you just research it while you were building that product? Yeah, I, I researched researched it. So. Um, it's included in uh, most of their plans, I believe. Uh, just being able to tie in a Stripe account and just sell as many products as you can really throw at it. Well, you know, you, you talked the other day about this uh, this idea of like not liking to be the guy at the office that fixes the printer or someone's Outlook email or whatever. And I, I think that like at some level, Squarespace solves that problem either even for like a, a bigger category of things, which is like, hey, can you help me make this brochure website or or oh yeah or you know not just brochure website but like lots of websites of this sort and that that uh, frankly even if you built it for your your friend or colleague, it wouldn't be as good as if they use Squarespace. Yeah. Hey, you know what I like about Squarespace? <laughs> Are you going to give them a some sort of backhanded compliment now? <laughs> Well, if we're going with that, that. If we're flipping it around, yeah. No, I, uh, I don't have to take on those uh, contracts that are, um, we need just this simple site set up, but we want it to be a little bit custom because uh, Squarespace covers all of those bases. I wish I could like easily make my Rails projects look as good as Squarespace, right? uh, Squarespace projects look. Right. I, I wish. Yeah, I just wish I had like those tools available. I wish I could have Squarespace and charge 
uh, what I think it's worth to my like to to customers because man they are there's some value in Squarespace. So you know I don't if I was more prepared I would have researched this before this moment but you know I think Squarespace offers like a, a some sort of program where you know, you, the the contractor, can, like, resell Squarespace to a client but handle the billing yourself. Interesting. Hmm. You know, we should like, look into that. So, like, if you had a, like, let's say, say you had, like, a neighborhood restaurant that you went into that wanted you to do their website, they, they could just, like, like bill you, uh, or you could bill them, they could pay you, and then you handle it through Squarespace. Yeah, well, it's entirely possible. I mean, it's it takes care of all of those problems you have um, of, of uh, domain management, of hosting, of uh, installing the the entire like CMS, um, it's coming up with the design. Like if you if your needs are simple, which most websites needs are pretty simple, and Squarespace just keeps on adding more and more things, um, you're better off doing it with Squarespace. I wonder if most people's needs are simple too. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I don't think they think so, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> So you think that most people's websites are have simple requirements, and most people have simple requirements, but they don't know that about you. Right? They they think that they have far more complex requirements than they actually actually have. <laughs> it's like you're a counselor. I am, uh, and I char- I charge for it. So this is uh, I will send you a bill. Um, oh, my my uh, counseling uh, is actually also sponsored by Squarespace. <laughs> they're they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Did you know that you only have to say it? Out loud, and uh, they, you, the next morning you wake up and there's a um, a check under your pillow. All right, let's check the uh, the effectiveness of this ad read. Do you remember what the offer code was? The offer code was unicorn. Oh, nice. Now, do you use unicorn as your web server? I do. Big fan of unicorn. Um, yeah, me too. Only the only reason is because it's uh, that one GitHub uh, article of GitHub and, and Nginx. That's like where it all started, and I've just kind of been there. But huge fan of Unicorn. Yeah. I've uh, tried other things. Like, I went with Puma for a while, and I still mm-hmm. have one app that runs Puma. But I'm scared of Puma. Yeah, I think that there's reason to be, because I, I, like, love the idea of a multi-threaded web server, but um, I had trouble chasing down some of the some of the low-level problems that crept up. You know, I think Puma... Uh, Puma scares me because it reminds me, uh, like, they're, they're, the site is all in, like, CMYK, and uh, it reminds me of, like, taking care of printers and everything at that office job. So I think it's just, I have PTSD whenever I look at their site. Which is bigger, do you think, a Puma or an Ocelot? Um, well, yeah. I think a Puma's bigger, because an Ocelot's, it's Ocelot's like a, are smaller. It's like a cat size? Yeah, and and I can never get past like when I think Ocelot, I never think of the animal. I think of the guy from Metal Gear Solid. That's where I go. <laughs> so, so it's either so a puma is bigger than an old balding white guy who can shoot a gun really well. <laughs> right. Well, so Ocelot for me now is is linked to Minecraft because apparently the way oh. that you make a a cat like a domestic cat in Minecraft for your house mm-hmm. is to tame an ocelot with a fish. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know what point you're going to splice this in to the <laughs> what, what time we're going to time travel, but um, yeah, whenever uh, they added the ocelot thing, Amber filled, we had Amber and I played Minecraft together, and uh, she she filled this like our our home base with just as many cats as she could fit. So I didn't go home anymore. 
So she she was a cat lady in Minecraft. <laughs> she was a crazy cat lady in Minecraft. Is that was that like life imitating art or 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 art imitating life? Which way is that? I don't going? know. I, I'm probably much more likely to become the crazy cat lady here. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's uh, let's audit the bullets for our ad and see which ones we've covered. <clears throat> Simple and easy. I think uh, we covered that. Yeah. Beautiful design. We've covered that. Uh, drag and drop content. Well, we have not covered that. I think we did. We did talk the other day about how neither of us are exactly JavaScript whizzes. Yeah, did and we did talk about drag and dictate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and dragons are like snakes, but with legs. So That's here we right. are. Here yeah, it led. It led very naturally to. This may have been a spoiler for the episode, depending on where I put this too. <laughs> You're just gonna have to splice it up in many different points. It's we should not- we should just repeat it, and either it'll be like a, a preview or a recap. They say that's the way to tell a story, right? To uh, tell them what you're gonna tell them, to tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Yeah, no, that's great. Open and close with this. <laughs> that's. I think that could work. Uh, uh, it'd be like a choose your own adventure podcast. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So number four, twenty four by seven support through live chat and email. And interestingly, I've listened to a million podcasts, and they always say uh, located in New York City, but they don't always say located in Dublin. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, so... So, so when, they're, when, when, when New York is saying goodnight, Dublin is saying top of the morning to you. Um, I'm going to be kicked off of here. Just I th- yeah, I think that you you sort of got the cliche, what do people say in different parts of the world part, right? But your time zone, this was like a classic Rails programmer time zone bug. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you had that right at all. Oh, I wish I had a test for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm gonna, uh, let's see how good the Squarespace ads have been on other podcasts. So uh, what do plans start at? Plans Eric? start at... I'm not looking this up at all. Plans start at $8 a month. Uh-huh. Includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And that is what I call a steal. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, respon- I'm not loud back on. Yeah, responsive design, which, uh, which is super awesome if you've had to do that, oh, that yeah. front-end yeah. work. Uh, th- having that alone, like just having having that come out of the box, that alone is worth $8 a month. Like, have you... I don't like doing that. No, it's terrible. And that's even with like great tools like, you know, we talked about uh, ThoughtBot the other day. Mm-hmm. Have you used, um, uh, what's the name of their new framework? I'm going to uh, say it's Bourbon or yeah. Bitter, because I'm drinking Bourbon right now. <laughs> right. Uh, bourbon, yeah. So it, what an amazing uh, uh, project to make, your, kind of to clean up your views so that they're semantic. Just awesome. I actually, I have not had a chance. I, I, would like to. I've heard about it. I would like to. Uh, I'd like to play with it a bit. Yeah. Well, there there are like four projects that go together. There's bourbon, neat, uh, bitters, and refills. I think are the four. And like refills is, are like the <clears throat> kind of like copy and paste templates for things you may reuse uh, now and then. Like if you need to do like a like a hamburger menu or a, or a little card or whatever. And then they've got bitters, which is like your like. Uh, style reset and then uh, and i can never remember i can never remember which one is which with with bourbon and neat one of them is like a grid and one of them is uh, a bunch of um like sass mix-ins for this and that but all together it makes a tasty drink those uh those 
that was good. That was good. Uh, that was really good. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they can name. They are they're really good at naming their projects. I just I like them. What's your favorite gem name of all? Oh, of all the gems. That's you're putting me on the spot right now. I'm gonna say bourbon because I'm <laughs> drinking it right now. <laughs> it's 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 either cheating or drinking or drunk. Well, what actually happened was uh, I was silent for about two minutes, and you just spliced in what I had said earlier. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. I could have said ocelot or dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and can you imagine someone thinking, what the hell's ocelot? I've never even heard of that, Jim. <laughs> they can't find it. They just can't find it. Um, Figaro. Figaro is my favorite name. Uh, I like Figaro just in general. I don't know what it's named. I think it's named after a cat from uh, one of the mm-hmm. Disney animated movies, but um, yeah, environment variables. I remember. I don't understand why, but when I was first programming Rails, environment variables, and, and when I was deploying to Heroku early, environment bar- variables seemed like um, like black magic to me. And in hindsight, I have no idea why, because there's nothing black magic about them at all. Well, you're touching. It's uh, you're touching the. Like the operating system, I guess. Like, like I guess it, so. it hurts. It hurts a little bit until you find uh, Figaro. Or now, um, now we'll be able to use secrets for that, right? Yeah, yeah. There's secrets in Rails now, and and there's um, dot env, the mm-hmm. dot env gem, which I think plays well with uh, Foreman, which you know I use for most projects to start up all the processes. But, anyways, <clears throat> all right. We have we have two bullets left. Uh, all right. Uh, second to last is uh, the uh, the commerce functionality. So so tell me a little bit about it. I've never used Squarespace's commerce functionality. How's it so work? the commerce functionality is um, it's very much what I was modeling that product after. Where if you have a if you have a simple like one off thing you want to sell, like a, an ebook, a video, something like that, uh, you can wrap it in a Squarespace page, I believe. And, uh, and it, mind you, this is from months ago, so I'm kind of going off of memory, but it's, um, you, you can sell arbitrary products on, on the site for, uh, whatever it costs Stripe. So it's Stripe, Stripe's fees are 30 cents, um, for each transaction and then 2.9%, I believe. And, um, and Squarespace doesn't take anything on top of that. Uh, it's included in your product. Yeah. It's how, how cool is that? Like they just pass it on. They, They see, they see this as a clear value add. Uh, to you if you're trying to to make that sell. So eight bucks a month to you get a site and then you can just start selling stuff as uh, as needed. So that that should either store. be in the bullets. So I'm just going to be clear. I haven't audited Eric's claims. That that either is a brilliant idea which they aren't doing in which case this ad read is totally incorrect. I'm going to court. <laughs> <laughs> We're either in big trouble but that's a good idea, <laughs> frankly. Free idea. So the the, um, the the plans are uh, so we've got three three plans right eight eight sixteen and twenty four I'm still doing this from memory can you believe it eight sixteen and twenty four and uh, the first one the first plan eight you get uh, one product and you can accept donations second plan the professional plan I think is uh, <laughs> up to t- <laughs> I think it may be the most popular also it, it seems like it might be the most popular mm-hmm. um, and you can sell up to twenty products uh, so that that turns it into more of a store. Wow. Um, and then businesses, which you are at this point, if you're selling, if you're selling more than twenty products, you should be you should be calling yourself a business. Uh, think, you can I sell unlimited. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's a crazy deal. I think that 
Whether or not Squarespace adds it to future ad read uh, bullets for my reference, I'm going to add this detail to my bullets because I think I it's think super it's, great. I think it's 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 really really great. Um, I was digging through uh, the feature index right now, and um, <laughs> <laughs> in your in your mind, yeah. I mean, we're, we're already time traveling for the podcast. Might as well make it more interesting um but no the so so the the commerce integration stuff is it's fantastic and um the i don't know what one thing that i was really looking forward to in um what i was building was the ability to, to subscribe people and have a, a like a form uh to, to get people on the mailing list so i could let them know hey my, my product's ready to sell you can buy you can buy the book now it's it's ready for pre-order and you can do that with squarespace you can set up a, a mailing list and, and um, let them know whenever your products are ready. That's awesome. I feel like we should put up one of those uh, like single-serving web pages that says, like, you know, could my client's project be done on Squarespace for eight bucks a month instead of hiring me.com? And then you <laughs> could just say, like, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, sure. I mean, not your, well, it, I don't mean about, your clients. I mean the hypothetical. Right, right. It's how it, it depends because that's my answer for everything. <laughs> That'll be the, the the contractor's answer. I like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, how many credit cards does someone need to start building their website today? Uh, none. Zero. Zero. <laughs> it is the, that is correct. All uh, right. And uh, oh, here's a question I have: uh, Does does Squarespace accept Diners Club cards? Uh, from your memory, I bet it's yes. I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping that would uh, that would pop up, and I guess it is. Uh, I guess it's on Stripe, so let's say sure. I think Diners, Diners Club is like a, I don't know. Is that still around? I don't even know. I think I don't know. One of one of the the phone job in, in Pittsburgh. I don't know if we've gotten to that point in the podcast yet. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler: I had a job where I worked the phones uh, for a gas company in Pittsburgh, and one of the best things about it was we did accept Diners Club cards over the phone. Did anyone ever use it? No, no. We one lady, one lady had a Diners Club card once. It was amazing. Uh, we it was it. We called it. We called it a day after that. Yeah, right. Now, did you tell her that she's the only one ever? Or uh, so I didn't get the call. Somebody else did. So it was like a call center type <laughs> thing, and everybody else just like hung up their clients or hung up the hung up the calls and just watched as she punched in those magic numbers. And it turns out it's pretty much the same thing. I think it's just a Masters Club card now. So well, I just Club. so. I just looked up Stripe's cards that take Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, and JCB. Is JCB related to Diners Club? I don't know. Let's. Um, we should keep everybody. Everybody on the line will be looked at. I don't know. I don't think so, though. So, anyways. Well, if you have if you have a JCB club, if you're one of the lucky folks who needs to accept JCB payments, man, do I have a product for you? <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's let's bring it home. Uh, when you, listener, decide, or Eric, I'm going to talk to you, Eric. When you, Eric, decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code UNICORN to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the Ruby on Rails podcast. So thank you to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and the Ruby on Rails podcast. Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. Uh, no, I think we should. I, th I want to know. Cool. Um, so I, I fell down my stairs. I mean, if anybody asks, I got in a fight, and you should see the other guy. But I actually fell down my stairs and um, had to uh, 
I was out of commission. I couldn't use my arm for uh, four weeks. I think I, I waited for surgery for two. Then surgery, like after surgery, I had another two weeks of uh, healing. And then it was just, I could use my arm again. Uh, it was crazy just how quickly that happened. But it was still, those four weeks were a nightmare. Um, people kept asking, uh, what what hand are you? Like, are you right-handed or left-handed? I, I'd broken my left arm. And like, it doesn't matter because I need need both of my hands on the home row. Don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> you, you weren't gonna like hunt and peck with one hand for? Oh no no no! I tried. I tried. It was it was rough. Um, I bought uh, Dragon Dictate to try and like t- to try and write code examples with my mouth, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> it doesn't work. It does not work at all. So. I just kind of resigned myself to uh, just laying on the couch comfortably most of the time. And uh, one one thing I wanted to uh, thank the th- uh, the folks at Thoughtbot for they uh, their uh, Learn Prime thing, which I'm just kind of dropping out here. I had subscribed to it like two days before I um, I fell, and just watching watching those examples because I was curious about it. Watching watching their videos and everything was really helpful from a like a psychological perspective. Just, I felt like I was coding again. It was nice. So I have not... Uh, I know nothing about um, Learn Prime from ThoughtBot, even though I love basically all of ThoughtBot's work. What's, what is it? It's, it's fascinating. It is a... Um, it, it's effectively... Let me think of the best way to describe it. So they're, they're taking uh, all of these one-off projects that they want to do, um, books video tutorials, um, courses, and they, I think they also bundle in uh, mentorship as well. And uh, they bundle it into, just it's like a, a SaaS, like it's a, it's a product as a service where if you pay a monthly fee, you get access to all of this stuff depending on the monthly fee, you get different levels of, of access to things. And it's really, really well-structured and well-thought-out. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. I would really... Um, you know, th- this testing stuff. One of the big problems that I'm I'm faced with is the long tail of of keeping up with people's habits and things. Mm-hmm. And um, it's if if I could find a way to do that, uh, because I've I've found myself just uh, last week I was just doing calls or hangouts with people. One to to you know get an I- idea into their head. Two to practice talking to people about testing, so I wouldn't come on here and throw up on the air. Um, but you wouldn't fall down the stairs. I wouldn't fall down the stairs while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Back back to that for one second. Okay. So, what does get blamed? You know, like like so. You, the usual suspects are slippers, which would be awesome if that's what it was. I mean, that awesome you broke your arm, but slippers is like, it would be a, <laughs> would be a funny reason. Uh, Alcohol. Uh, no, it was in the morning, and I was going to a doctor's appointment. Ironically. And uh, well, well, or conveniently, depending on how you well, look. no, because it was a different kind of it was a, it was a head doctor, not a an arm doctor. Mm. So. And this is the second time this has happened in my life. Like I had broken my thumb because I was uh, on my way to a, you know, I had like a flu or something, and I just slammed my thumb in the car door. Sorry, everybody, for saying that. But, uh, yeah, no, I slipped. I uh, wet boots, fell down the stairs. Yeah. I um I don't. So I don't blame this is the second time on the way to a, like a some sort of general practice doctor that you hurt yourself. Yeah. Oh man. I uh, it's 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 been an interesting year. <laughs> In one year. Oh uh, no no that was that was when I was a kid but it's just been a generally interesting year. <laughs> <laughs> so are you still doing this uh, this Thoughtbot Prime? 
right. I'm not um, because uh, it, it was just it was more of a financial thing. Like I was kind of trying to uh, bring back or bring down my my expenses. Like it was a really cool product, and um, I, I you know I, I hope that mentioning it here will will absolve myself of just going in and leaving. But right, um, <laughs> this is how you're giving back to open this source. This is me giving back to that community. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, but it's really it was. It was really helpful, and I was. It was more of a. I was. I was curious about what they were doing. I wanted to see what the actual product was like, and it turns out I just got just amazing amount of value. Even though I wasn't, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a a, a, a green developer anymore. I'm still. There's still plenty that I can learn, and I don't think I'll ever consider myself an expert on anything. But, um, it was it was nice that there was still stuff in there um, that I was able to just fill my day day with while I wasn't while I couldn't code. So not to, this may be pouring salt in a, in a wound to ask this question, but so like compare what you'd imagine you'd get out of that for two years plus like associated work related to, to doing it compared to say DeVry. Uh, yeah, it's, it's impressive. Like, I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we are in some sort of, um, you know, self-education or a federated education renaissance, but or if it's just the fact that I've been on the internet more and, and I'm in this, this space where this is a, a more common thing, but I've noticed just this uptick of, hey, we know something, here's how we can teach it to you um, for much less than what you would need for a private loan. Um, yeah. it's, just, it's exciting. Way less, it's like one-tenth. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I'm, and um, I, I, I feel like not, just, uh, not, not that it's just a, a business opportunity, but it's a responsibility of mine as someone who has put time into researching something and, and, and thought about something to uh, participate in that. Like, well, now that you're 27. Now that I'm 27. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm almost, I've got like a few years left, honestly. I keep falling down these stairs. That's right. Just don't get sick <laughs> again. So, so why, why write a book? I don't uh, know. I mean, you know, there are always there like the joke, the punchline answers to that question that people say, but uh, but like, what what's your reason? I um, actually, I have a perfectly good uh, good answer, and it's two parts. One, um, I am. Oh, I'm not judging. I mean, any answer. Oh no, fine. no, no. no. It's, <laughs> okay, I'm, I've told you, I went to Devry and I fell down my stairs. Okay, we're <laughs> everything's on the table here. Um, would you like? I'm afraid of snakes, and uh, let's see, yeah, spiders yeah. for me. Ah, uh, spiders are the worst. My God, <laughs> why don't spiders give some of their legs to a snake? Seriously, like then they would both be normal. <laughs> is, is that like a? Oh, okay, so let's take a, a, a left turn there for a second. <laughs> that sounds like one of those jokes that you've got loaded up for like a a dinner party when you're out with your you know your significant other and some friends, or did you just come up with that joke? Sean, I. Uh, I just that just fell out of my mouth. I'm really? sure it's 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 been said before. I'm certain. <laughs> um, now, now, do you know you've heard it elsewhere, or I do not. You're just uh, sort of guessing. Was, yeah, I made that connection because usually I the the rant is I hate snakes. They don't have enough legs. Um, but you had given me the uh, the alley to the oop of spiders. Yeah. And I don't know. I was able to put together. I think it's a good. I think you should add it to your repertoire. Well, thank you. I I will. I definitely will. <laughs> um, yeah. I like. Uh, I hate snakes. I like uh, that that was put together. Four-legged things. Um, Another thing that uh, I don't know if if we've mentioned this at all. Um, I do, 
I, I was terrible at public speaking and I wanted to get better at it. So I started, uh, I, I attended a, I wanted to attend an, uh, an improv class mm. and none of them were available at the time. So I took a sketch uh, writing class and uh, have been doing like as a hobby, um, writing and performing sketch stuff, like sketch comedy things. I like the idea that to get better at public speaking, you took a writing class. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, <laughs> look, I've got, I've got a limited amount of time. Right. The, the the clock is ticking, Sean. That's right. <laughs> I, I can't wait for another improv class. I now, you don't see, now, okay, so if, if when did you take the the writing improv class? I was in, um, let's see, I'd say that was in 2011, maybe 2012. So do you think that uh, compare your uh, interview podcast interviews would-be skills uh, now to, to before then? Do you think that it made, like, a big difference? I think it did. Yeah, I think um, having having something that makes you go outside of your your comfort level or your comfort zone is just very helpful especially when it makes you talk to people that you've never met and and face those unknowns it's different um, because this is more of a conversation and with the with the 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 sketches like it's completely it's planned i know exactly what i'm gonna say and i can get feedback just based off of laughter not after not off of uh or or lack of laughter which is often the case because (laughs) the shows are terrible but <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so why'd you write a book? Why did I write a book? Right there we go. Um, why did I write a book? Because uh, two things. Uh, one, because I uh, I've, I've friends with uh, friends with Amy Hoy. Um, I I took the the whole thirty by five hundred uh, product class that that she does, and and it's just it fits like that's a lifestyle that's that's fit me. I don't know what that is. So what what is? Oh, cool. I'm just plugging everybody else's business today. This is great. Um, right, you're aggressively making friends. Yes, I, I got to make sure I can set up uh, an affiliate, an affiliate voice. That's what I do. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, it's like a, a product development class. Uh, I think they started doing a uh, a boot camp as well, but it's focusing on identifying needs and pains and uh, in in node audiences instead of waiting on an idea to happen. And um, like what my clients mostly do uh, is come to me with an idea. It's more of a proactive process of um, like I want to I want to find an idea. I want to find a thing that will clearly make money and clearly uh, be a a product that I can handle supporting and building. So um, one of the things that I was working on was a competitor to um, I guess Gumroad now is a big thing, but like a Gumroad. Man, I'm just, I gotta stop doing this. Right. This is just uh, my shtick. I act like I don't know things. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, it's not I, at all. I had no I'm gonna idea. start saying that whenever I don't know anything. <laughs> no, this is a bit I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, come on. Character. Um, <laughs> Derek, he doesn't know anything. Um, I heard, I heard a, an expression, by the way, for that. There's like a, a name from the movies that I heard on the Incomparable podcast. Mm-hmm. The, uh, now I'm going to forget it. The, uh, oh, it was like the ignorant eunuch, but it wasn't ignorant. Huh. Anyways, there, there was an expression in like, I don't know, literary or, or film reviews that is like the, the character that plays the foil for the other character, the thing that transmits like the conduit for the audience to okay. be like let in on the, on the knowledge that you gotcha. need to understand the whole thing. Like a like a, a, a an exposition 
um, like trigger, like a, a mechanic for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so there's there's like a name there's a name for it that uh, uh, it came up on the incomparable because apparently uh, Dennis Miller, who was in the net that that awful movie back whenever, he he described his character as the the something eunuch, and of of course I don't remember the name now, but anyhow. Uh, so, love it. I not, love not it. In, that's a thing that exists. I'm not intentionally. I'm just actually being that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Gumroad is is what? Gumroad is a uh, it's a sales platform. Um, and Gumroad they're really good. Like they're pretty much the reason why I stopped working on this thing. Um, but before that, I'm trying to think of who the other. There's just this weird space that it seems like nobody had worked on their website since 1997 or uh, no 2007 wrong decade and um so so the the technology was there for you if you wanted to create this like one-off product you wanted to sell your own books you wanted to sell um access like tickets to a a, a webinar that you were hosting um this would make it easy for you to sell that stuff as quickly as possible uh, by by linking like a, a stripe or a paypal account Right. And um, I did not like any of the solutions out there uh, again until Gumroad came along, um, and ended up just rolling my own and uh, trying to find the best way to uh, to market it. Unfortunately, I did the wrong thing in th- that entire process, and um, was just kind of building something that I felt. And uh, the book came up actually as uh, well. I don't know how to test. It'd be great if I could test this thing that I was building. I should write a book on tests. So the book on tests was actually a test book for this other uh, product that okay. I just threw away and kept the book. Got it. So. What what book on testing did you read in your quest to to learn that you think made the biggest impact on you? Um, I actually didn't read any. Uh, I, I don't think there were any books on testing that, that stood out. It was all of the other books that I read. Um, Sandy Metz, uh Object-oriented design? I don't remember exactly what it's called. Yeah, the the object-oriented on rails. She... Practical... uh, I always see people use the... Like an... uh, Abbreviations. P-O-O-D-R. Okay, yeah, that... Practical object-oriented design on rails. Such an amazing book. Uh, It's... It it was just so helpful. And it... uh, I think it was the second book to hit me in the face with something with... that, That just made everything I was trying to figure out click and that I'll, was, I'll take the bait what's the first one <laughs> the first one uh, was well I was hoping I would have enough time to remember it um, oh okay I thought I was being was, set up for a punchline here <laughs> no 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 it's, <laughs> that's the problem whenever I, I mention the sketch stuff I, I, I tend to lead into uh, this is these are all just bad jokes now <laughs> um, it was eloquent ruby that was the one yeah yeah those Eloquent are those Ruby. are like two of my five. Also, I'd say fantastic books. Yeah. Uh, and I read Eloquent Ruby first, and it hit me with uh, just one line. And uh, he was just talking about spike code, and he's like, "But you aren't using spike code in production, are you?" Like that was the exact line. He's like, "Oh man, I am. Oh god, okay." Yeah. And that was that was it. Like that that set off a whole chain of processes. And then um, Sandy Metz. Uh, nailed the um, like she didn't even touch tests until she had the entire uh, plan in place like the the entire uh, design of the um, application in place and then like it was just a quick yeah look you've got all these objects here you know how they're going to fit together now you can write a test then you can build them then you can actually write them like so it was 
I, I like that book, although I, I kind of eye-rolled a little bit about that part. Yeah. Like, there aren't that many things that I've ever worked on that, that I would even have. Um, even if I spent, you know, 40 hours, more than that, 400 hours, you know, planning, that I wouldn't get, you know, one week in and go, oh, <laughs> right. oh, they, uh, there's that thing that I didn't think about that right. revealed and itself. It's, uh, it, it's, I think the, the problem, let me think, because I think I just lost the thread in my head. Uh, you should blame me. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm the slip, I do entirely. Slip, I'm the slippers in this. <laughs> what other what other sh- like straw men type things can we can we make you like <laughs> your scapegoat? That's right. <laughs> You're the slippers. Jesus, I just got that. Oh. <laughs> I'm tumbling down the stairs. Um, <laughs> it was and it wasn't like a uh, oh look at all of look at how much work you have to do ahead of time. It was um, look at how simple it is to test now that you know that these objects are fit together in this configuration you know and and it's it's not necessarily like how i i put together everything but it's it was a um so if if the spike code thing led me to uh was the first part of figuring out application design before the um, look at what you already know in or look at what you've already learned in this book that was the second part of it so um we could if you want to talk about like the the process that i lay out like the, the habit that I think uh, needs to change, we can do that. It's up to you. I would like to. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm taking your lead, dance partner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> keep your hands where I can see. <laughs> um, all right, so so I had mentioned early on that the you know, the testing, the, the TDD, BDD process, is, mostly the TDD process starts. Uh, write a test, watch it fail, make a pass, refactor. Um, I started digging into what happens first, and um, there are problems. If you are a new Rails developer um, that that come up, that don't come up if you've been you know, building stuff for maybe two or three years. So those problems are you don't know a lot of code that you're writing. Um, everything that you're writing is mostly exploratory code to figure out how you will solve something. And so the amount of time that you spend researching and figuring out stuff is is much, much bigger than it will be, uh, much, much longer than it will be later on. So that's a spike. You shouldn't be working on a spike. That's true. But um, you've already spent like way more time than you wanted to in that. Why would you throw that code away? So um, what needs to be done is to, to firewall that. Um, so let me think where I was going with that. We'll start at the beginning. There's a, a focus uh, that needs to be put on requirement gathering. Um, right now, if you aren't writing tests and uh, if you're still learning Rails and you're talking to like a client or a project manager about a feature, the first thing you do is you figure out what you're going to be building. You, you get enough in your head that you can start imagining how it will work and um, enough to just kind of go off on your own and start building stuff. Um, what needs to happen is that needs to turn into a trigger for you to actually ask more questions and think about uh, gather more requirements like stay on that uh, mindset without trying to solve the code yet and that's a hard habit to break of wanting to figure out how to build that thing that you can you start getting excited about so talking to as many people as you can that are involved or if it's in your own head just dedicate like double to triple the amount of time that you spend uh, brainstorming and and coming up with features will help reveal those those requirements without thinking about code at all. Um, did that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of the the secret to problem solving. Yeah, it's which is it, know know what problem you're solving. Yeah, exactly. That that that's it. Know like the the answer to knowing what your test or knowing what you need to test is to know what you need to test. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I used to, so at that trucking company I mentioned, I, I was responsible for, among some other things, uh, um, it was called Lean Six Sigma, which is like the, the engineering, engineered stats heavy approach to how you improve like huge systems. Huh. And, uh, it's a blend of Lean and Six Sigma, you know, Lean being about flow and waste and Six Sigma being about, about, uh, statistical process control really anyways um but the punchline of every single book and every you know consultant uh uh pitch or engagement or project is always that you know you need to know what the problem is that's your problem mm-hmm. is you're you're solving for unknown you know objectives and, and the uh, uh the the unfortunate end of every uh, client project that you don't do that in is just that that long scope creep Scope creep is, I don't know, there, there are two people to blame for scope, scope creep. Yourself. And, and, and Obama? <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> that seems like a, you know, that seems like the thing people do now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah okay, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's your fault for not planning the project appropriately, appropriately and Obama's fault. That's just, it. Just because. Just because. Uh, <laughs> and, and no, three people. It's also your fault, Sean, because you're 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 the you're yeah, burden. You're, you're the shoulder. I'm going to stand in as the. I'm going to stand <laughs> in as Obama. In this moment. <laughs> All right. So it's your fault. <laughs> right. We'll keep it to two. No, it's um, and that's accusatory. I don't mean that. Like there there are problems that come up, but um, it, and there's not there's not a, a, an easy way to do that. It's just something that you have to like practice, practice, practice. Um, Practice figuring out what the features will do and what people are asking for much, much, uh, as often as you can. And that's, that's something that I, I really, really want to include somehow uh, right. in, in another part of this like, education that I'm kind of building. So, so I've become convinced in step zero. So I'm looking at your five steps here of you know, uh, write a test, watch it fail, write some code, watch it pass, refactor, you know, your standard TDD kind of workflow. Yeah. So, okay, my, my step zero for when, when I talk to anyone about learning to test is become a bad programmer. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Because, like, here's, here's my rationale for why. So I didn't learn how to program until, like, <laughs> relatively later in life. And um, I didn't test at all to start with. Now, now I, I, I'd say I'm, like, a pretty okay um, TDD practitioner. Um, you know, I, I'm uh, consistent, and, and that's how I write code. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, you know, I may be rationalizing my own path here, so beware of that. But, <laughs> but like, I, I wouldn't have had the first prayer of, of writing the testing code that I write now when I first was learning how to program because I wasn't a good pro, I wasn't a programmer. Right, right. So, so, like, okay, right. So not only do I have to write the program that does the thing that I need to do, but I also have to write the program that tests the thing. Well, guess what? I can barely, like, you know, connect two things yeah. yeah that that's that's a, a fantastic point because the testing itself is not just tdd it is also a flag like having having tests like if you're writing tests and everything it's great for your application and all that it's great to you know it makes your life easier it makes 
just supporting new things and, and maintaining your applications much, much easier. That's the thing. That's the argument that people start with um, in any article that they're writing about. Um, the big thing is that when you're writing tests, it's just this flag. It's like a watermark of being, like when you're finally getting in that habit, getting in that flow, you're writing better code because you're a better programmer. Not because of the test, but just because of sure. uh, where you're at. Like in, in, in the maturity of, like in that journey from like uh, novice to expert, you're progressing. And, and knowing that you want to add tests to that is just, like that's part of that whole process. And so there's, that's the hard thing. That's the hard thing to articulate and to, to show that um, you become and, and you must be just a better programmer to write these tests, to figure out this. And it, it just kind of falls into place. Well, that's why. I, so I think that the, I think that when you're a bad, like when you're a novice programmer, you're not even a bad programmer yet. You're just not a programmer. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's hard to get into the feedback loop that TDD provides because you get stuck at the, you get stuck at the beginning. Like you're mm-hmm. like, don't know how to express yourself in tests, which is just programming in a way that, that is uh, effective. So then you end up, you know, kind of, wandering around there. And I, I think, you know, Hey, just go, whatever the path is to writing as many lines of code in as many domains as possible. So you actually have like a basic tool set that, that seems like a, an undervalued experience. Cause then when you come and let's say, then I read your book, then I'd be like, Oh, okay. I don't have to like when, when the book says like, put on your shoes, cause we're going to go for a run. I'm not like, what are shoes and how do right. I tie them? Right. I'm like, oh, okay, I know how to put on shoes, so I'm going to do that, and then we'll yeah. get on with it. That is that is the target audience for my book. Like The, my, the people that bad, I'm... Bad programmers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, people who run. Um, yeah, right. I'm not, I, I'm not good at marketing, by the way. <laughs> um, but the, no, the, the, the type of person that I, I want to write, I want to read this book, and, and that I'm kind of targeting here is somebody who has enough of uh, rails under their belt that they know the rails stuff like they know uh, they're not confused about that anymore like they're not learning it anymore they may have even tried tried testing and just let it fall mm-hmm. uh, because uh, it's it is extra stuff that you don't need in order to have an application that works like you can you can eyeball everything you can you can test it manually that's fine and um, this is just a a refinement of your of your skills Maybe maybe a year or two years after you've been working on Rails stuff. So so I still don't know why you why you wrote the book. Is it is it like a this is how you want to make money for this year or is oh, it gotcha. is uh, it so uh, like scratching some some teaching itch or what? It it uh, I'm writing this book because uh, I I wanted to figure out how to write a book. Like I like writing. Writing a book just seemed like a good way to do it. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Seems like a better way than most other ways to learn. How to write yeah. A book. Um, and so it was an inter- it was a self education process, both for the testing and for the writing of the book. Uh, Two, I want yeah, I want to make money off of this. Like I would like to, um, I, I really really like teaching. Like that is a thing that I'm just very, I, I'm excited about it. And, and I get excited about programming. I get excited about building stuff with uh, with Rails. I get far more excited about showing people how to program stuff with Rails. So like being able to smash all that stuff together, it just it's it's delightful. And so um, if I can find a way, and, and I think this book is just like a first step in, in that process of kind of owning, I don't know, own, owning this 
education area and um, building off of it. I, you know, I don't want to. The last thing I want to do is is build an empire that nickel and dimes everybody who's trying to learn something new about Rails. Because um, I mean, I've seen that happen, and that's not something that's interesting to me. What I would like to do is just have um, have this be the thing that I focus on and have enough uh, income from these different you know testing education things to support that in a way that I don't worry about it and I can give the best that I that I need to. So this sort of relates to that, but how do you feel about pairing? I hate pairing. Yeah. I'm uh, and it's only because I've had bad experiences. I've my <laughs> So, so you want to teach people just just not that intimately. <laughs> I uh, I do. It's, I, I've been I on totally the get that. Yeah. I um I don't hate pairing. I don't I don't hate a lot of things. Uh, I hated the experience that I had with programming. You hate now. snakes. You said. I hate snakes. Well, they're evil. Uh, <laughs> right. They they can kill you. The devil thing too. Yeah. They just they want you dead. Like that's the thing. Spiders are the same too. Like they're very tiny. You dead. Poison delivery systems. I had no idea that spiders wanted us dead. They do. Yeah, it ex- explains I, things. I have a newsletter that you should, you should subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I have some literature that I'd like you to read. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um, but I've so the where were we? Like two, maybe a minute and a half ago. We uh, we were uh, talking about pairing. Pairing. There we go. Um, so I've, I mean, I've contracted. I've been contracting. I fit into that, um, into that role, uh, that intimate talking with one or two people who are invested in a project and just doing most of the most of the stuff myself. I've worked on teams. I've done that. But I've also tried to get full time positions. Tried is the operate operating, the prime word here. Uh, <laughs> because man, la- last year I have I have just job application nightmares because. I don't know. I choke during technical interviews. They they terrify me because it's just I like feel how, like like how so like give give me the horror story from the last year horror story. All right, so um, name, I've name names too. Leave not, no stone unturned. <laughs> I have pictures. I know their addresses. <laughs> All right. I don't know that if anybody if any of you are listening, I don't know anything about you. I like you, actually. <laughs> I'll send you something in the mail. That's not. Uh, uh, it's candy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So horror stories. Two of them. One, uh, simple. I don't. It, whenever I'm talking to a, uh, a developer on a technical interview, I just start to choke. Like this is nice. You and I. This is a conversation about a thing, like high level stuff. I feel like I'm being interrogated for murdering somebody, <laughs> and it's just it's terrifying because like at, at the beginning I'm confident. No, I didn't. I didn't murder them at all. I wasn't even there. I was uh, falling down my stairs. Like, look, I have an alibi. But th- by the end, I feel like, no, I totally murdered them. Like, they convinced me that I, I, I'm just awful. So, and like, let's say you were a suspected member of Al-Qaeda, uh-huh. and the CIA had you, and they have detained you, and now you're, you're in their custody and being questioned. Like, do you think you're the guy that they could convince oh, was, yeah. was in on it, and then all yeah. of a sudden comes to the whole thing? Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> just, just in case, I am not a member of Al-Qaeda. Oh, no, it's, it's a hypothetical. This is a hypothetical. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I uh, and I am very easy to convince. Uh, I, it's just I I just feel like I'm wasting their time if they're trying to interrogate me so badly. Like maybe I can help them by just admitting to it and spending 20 years in jail. So. I think that'd be a great answer to like in an interview. And how sometimes people ask the question like, "Tell me something you'd like to improve about yourself." I say, well, you know, I. 
I could be convinced I'm part of Al Qaeda, and I really wish that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that that yeah, that's a yeah, that would seal the deal. <laughs> okay, so so you, you're you're in the conversation with the the other programmer, and, uh, and they make uh, they make and, you feel two inches tall. Yeah, make me feel two inches tall. Now, on uh, like I I think in in this uh, I, I had mentioned that it, it was a a, a JavaScript focused. Um, role like they had mentioned that, that they were looking for someone with some front end experience. And so I had mentioned that, you know, I've I've worked with both uh you know I've I've worked with Backbone and I've worked with uh I, I prefer to roll my own with uh jQuery and I've used uh, Miraculous or uh Scriptaculous. And did you know that Scriptaculous is very close, like it's just based off of how the uh the domain name is broken up, it's very close to porn. It is very close to an adult website. I was unaware. It is. I am aware now because they told me at the end of the uh, at the end of the call. <laughs> As, that, wait, oh, wait. By so, the way. so you said like go to www dot you know some version of scriptaculus dot you know and and they and you sent them to a, a porn site. Yes, and oh, in my awesome. email, I was just like accident. Like I, I put the dot <laughs> in the wrong space or at the wrong wrong place. They clicked on it. They knew the entire time during the conversation. The interview, and they let it drop on me right at the end. Because they're because they're funny or because they're jerks. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> oh, that, that, that seems to indicate which one. I think it should be something that they shouldn't have told me at all. <laughs> but now I have the story. So for like two days, man, I was I was off. Was, yeah, I, was I think I think that there's only two. I think I think it's reasonable for them to tell you and say like, oh man, that's funny, ha ha. Now we've broken the ice and we share a funny story, or just it like was, let it go. No, it was a, uh, it was a, it ended up being a very demeaning. Like, by the way, um, you sent us, you sent us a link to porn. You're gonna want to, you're gonna want to fix that as you're sending out more applications. Like oh that, come on, that's how they told got, you no. Oh yeah, it couldn't have gotten more clear. Like it was, or it couldn't have been delivered in a worse way. That's but really bad. Really funny though. Really, really. <laughs> like it is. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just pouring my my heart out here. Well, you won't make that mistake again. No, I won't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the other time, the uh, pairing is where this started. Uh, my my other really really awful uh, technical interview was I had to. Um, you know, it, I I was told that it was just going to be a a technical interview, no pair programming. I was very clear. Like I, I had asked, like, are we going to pair about this? I would like to know um, what we'll be working on so I can do a little research and prepare myself, like I would do at a job. And like I do with my work, so uh, they said no, and uh, we prefer improv. They pr- they said that I wasn't going to be doing that at all. And it turns out, uh, when I talked to the developer, he was uh, he was a very very nice uh, nice nice fellow. He his native language language was uh, Spanish, but he was in Berlin at the time, so the connection was terrible. Oh boy! Uh, I had to uh, program. I had to write tests for Fizzbuzz. On his computer with a poorly uh, a, a Vim, like Vim was not set up at all. Like I'd ask, like, okay, well, if I'm going to be using your computer, first of all, why couldn't I use my computer? Anyway, if I'm going to be using your your machine, <laughs> uh, can I use Vim? He said, yeah, I've got it set up, no problem. And it was nothing, like it, it nothing, nothing uh, worked the way I wanted it to. So it was just that was a nightmare. I couldn't solve the fizz, I, I could solve the fizz buzz, couldn't write any tests for it, couldn't do. It was it was a panic attack every fifteen minutes. So, 
this is a these are and these are the two worst. There are other bad ones too. I bet. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's I, I prefer uh, demonstrating through pairing, and I like um, I so I, I've recently become uh, acquainted with uh, this, this really nice guy named uh, Brandon Hilkert. I think is his name. He just launched a, a, a Rails or a, a Ruby Gem book uh, maybe two weeks ago, and he's been he's oh, been doing. Yeah, the I saw that go around the Twitter. Yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, he is also uh, just outside of Philadelphia, and we did this weird thing where we followed each other on Twitter, like at the same time, because he was talking at Philly RB, and I had just put out this fixtures article, and we didn't weren't sure why the each of like why the other was following each other. So, uh, but yeah, we've started talking, and he's doing he's, he's moving over to uh, he wanted to give fixtures and um, mini test a shot, and I was just kind of I have had some free time, and so I've just would I would do a video call with him and. Uh, he would show me things that were really cool, and I would show him things that were really cool about, um, like, mini tests and fixtures. And it's just been, it's been neat. It's been neat doing that kind of pairing, where it's like, look at this, look at this, we solve a problem together with our own editors. Like, it's not formal pairing, where we're both driving the same thing, but right. it was nice. So speaking of uh, Ruby gems, have you written any open source uh, libraries that, that you've released? I have. I've got uh, three. I've actually. I'm. I'm happy with with where I'm at. Uh, what what has happened in the past year? Um, because I, I pushed my first Ruby gem. Uh, I want to say it was like right after Christmas last year, or uh, the year, two years ago, two Christmases ago, and it was just like a, a wrapper around the zip tax API that would let you calculate sales tax based off of a zip code. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed it for like I, I needed it for that one project that I was working on that with that sales platform thing and uh that was fun it was uh terrible it <laughs> it, it, it works <laughs> right. it still works people people use it people have been working it uh i te- went back and tested it but it works perfectly fine i think um i added a uh i have a, a token phrase generator that i was doing for again the same project that instead of having a, a string of characters for things like uh, password resets or invoices anything that you need a unique token it instead just uses a phrase Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called token phrase, and it uh, th- that was just a, l- a fun little thing to do. I have, you have uh, many stars on GitHub for this project. I uh, don't know how that happened. Do you, okay? Let's <laughs> let's check your your GitHub vanity. Oh god! How many stars? And you have to be honest. How many stars does this project have? Um, I know this actually. It's like sixty. Oh, seventy-seven. Hello, <laughs> ladies. Ladies, <laughs> yeah. <there's... laughs> um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, so the token phrases was the most fun. Um, I did. I have a little bootstrap, like a style bootstrap thing that I packaged up into an engine. That's just I got sick of looking at ugly, uh, ugly projects when I first started out. Just include that for the base styles. Uh, that's that's fun. I like that little thing. Uh, instead of using uh, Twitter Bootstrap, it's just my own little thing. This is it's just that. Steel toe. I'm looking. Steel at. toe. Steel toe. Bootstrap. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was uh, painfully clever. I think I like I, I like your uh, name on GitHub. G- generic steel. Thank you. Thank it's you. I solid. Uh, yeah. I I had a problem where I was trying to. Uh, we actually. I was I was doing looking into you uh, whenever I first sent you that email of hey I'm I'm new here I want to talk about Rails testing stuff and um, I was doing a little research on you. And I found out we have something weird in common. It's that we both have a, uh, a UK footballer who may be retired. Um, 
of the same name <laughs> that uh, just shows up more appropriately in Google search results. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's uh, he's. I think he's very well known. Yes, Eric Steele, also uh, relatively well known. I think he's a coach now. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah my, it's... my name is also the name of the lead character in uh, the movie um, Mystic River. <laughs> Just. Uh, yeah. We should do. Um, we should do some type of like buddy cop movie. Right. Uh, steel, steel and divine. <laughs> right. Well, I, so I, this is a, a vain thing to admit, but so I'm barely known on Twitter and I switched to it a few years ago just in case I ever had a podcast so that I could say I'm barely known on Twitter. It, it, it cracks me up every time I hear it. So well done. Good Thank planning, you. good foresight. I, yeah, I, yeah, I had no idea it was ever going to be used, but I, I, it was like, what if I had, and then I ended up having this thing, and which was, was just to fulfill that, that dream. It's, this is why. This is, we're just fulfilling that one day. But just, <laughs> just like the old lady said. Yeah. Just like Punxsutawney Phil predicted. Exactly. That one day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's generic steel. That's where that came from. I, they, I, Eric Steele is not available anywhere, and... Uh, my fiance threw that at me, and I, I loved it. So I've used that ever ever since. Generic. I like that you. I like that your fiance came up with it. Yeah. Hey, Eric, you're you're kind of like dull, like a little generic. Yeah. You're, there's nothing really great about you. <laughs> it fits. Um, yeah. It, it, like when I'm looking at you with your family, like you don't stand out at all. Oh, that's funny. Um, and she's. I mean, she's. I, I'm. I'm lucky, but she's the reason. I, I can remember the the day, the moment, whenever I got into web development and web design I had to write it was, I was going for um, forensics like computer forensics and which way more DeVry focused or, uh, but computer forensics computer forensics what like, does that uh, mean that means like uh, just finding like data trails and, and, and figuring out how people used computers like more like computer like archaeology like how where, where did this data go where is this data now? Like in, in police investigations. Yeah, okay, security. so what what it sounds like then. Yeah. It's it's it was attractive, um, but it, it just was not my thing. It bored me. And so I asked uh I asked um, Amber, like, what 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 am I good at? What do I do? Like what do I like? And she just looked at me like right in the eyes and she said, Internet. It's <laughs> <was> like that <laughs> Like and intentionally that being funny or, or Yeah. I mean it was it was an honest answer, but it was also uh, an homage to that uh, the slowed down Jeff Goldblum. Uh, videos, right? <laughs> I'd say internet. Oh, that's funny. But it was like that was it. It was an honest answer, and like that day, I switched my major to uh, web graphic design, and was was awesome. So <laughs> that's fun. So you knew her before then, but you met her at DeVry. I met her at DeVry. Changed my yeah, changed my major because of her. All right. So. All right. So let's let's uh, let's wrap up by talking about Rails a little sure. bit. Sure. So. Uh, What's your relationship with Rails like right now? Um, I would say it's complicated. Okay. No, it's actually very positive. Um, we're engaged. I gave it a promise ring. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, no, it's I. I love Rails. I work in Rails every day. Um, every project that I, I I keep on spinning up uh, example projects for this book, and um, I get to play with uh, Rails four a lot. Um, I'm very excited for Rails four one because there are a lot of things in there that. Um, make my life a little bit easier. Specifically, uh, the the time 
tests, like the time test helpers. Like, yep. So we don't have to use TimeCop anymore. Not that I don't like TimeCop, but it's just it's one of those things that it's nice to to have this included. Um, maybe bloat, but I still I still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I you know sometimes I wonder if I'm missing something because my relationship with Rails is not all that complicated. Like I like it. And yeah, it's it's not complicated. Not even a like I don't. That doesn't mean that, it, like, I, I sort of see it uh, the same as I do with, you know, some relationships with good friends. It's not that I couldn't pick out something that they could do better. Right. But that hardly seems like the focus of a relationship is to say, like, you know, is there anything that this that this person or project is deficient well, in whatsoever? I don't know. That's what I based most of, most of my human relationships on. This <laughs> is auditing their flaws. What? It's a constant audit. It's a constant <laughs> review process. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lucky Amber! That's what they say. Oh, lucky Amber, she's got four stars. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, like Rails, like I, you know, yeah, I could come up with things that I think are less than perfect, but but man, I, I, my relationship is both not complicated and super good. Yeah, I, it's it, it's a tool. It's a tool set, and and it makes me ha- like I'm never angry at Rails. Uh, I, I, and it may just be the projects that I work on. Um, I, I do not. Like and we can, this is a, an aside. We're we've been talking for a while. I, I'm enjoying this, but the the JavaScript uh, client side frameworks mm-hmm. they hurt my head, and I they're they're not a thing that I enjoy at all. Especially the um, the byproduct, like what you get from using them. It just I don't understand it. It's not that I don't understand it. I don't see the benefit there from somebody who's just building things to uh, just building projects with a simple feature requirement. Now, p- people that I think are are uh, generally both smart and like reasoned about things seem to like Ember, which makes me wonder if that's a thing to like. But I, in general, feel the same way. It's I I, I have no problem with the request response render uh, just that life cycle. Like I don't seeing a page load does not bother me in any way. Um, it's super. It's much easier to test. It's much easier to to, to plan and build. It's so uh, much fewer dependencies. Like it's just as one person who's been doing a lot of work, uh, it just makes my life easier just yeah. with Rails. So, um, and then anything else, I just throw into my own objects. So yeah, yeah. I think the other things in Rails four one that I that I like besides the one you mentioned are I I think this is a little controversial, but I like that they integrated Spring. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's. Spring is amazing. Like Spring, my my testing process is. It, this is a dangerous thing to get into for the book too, because my testing process is honed to me in a very specific way, um, and I have to strip out a lot of that uh, because it's like my my tool set involves Spring, uh, Vim Rails, just having um, having the right output spit into the right place, um, Pry, Pry Remote, Auto. Like there's just that is where I've gone crazy. Right. Um, so it's it's having Spring included is is very nice. I like yeah, it. I kind of have like a um, anti finicky approach to the setup, mm-hmm. figuring that like you know if I if I need this whole rig, then I, it's gonna make my uh, the programming environment less portable. At least the extent to which it's tied to a that is a machine. Very very good point. Yeah, it's it is not a thing. Like I I experienced that with that. Uh, <laughs> with the the pair programming last year, of, <laughs> oh god, I don't know what to do. How do I talk? How do I words? So um, yeah. yeah, it's 
it's tough because uh, you got to there, there's that balancing act of will this actually first of all <laughs> am I wasting time figuring this out am I shaving a yak should I actually be doing work or you know trying to make my my tests run three seconds faster right um, and is this something that will hurt me if I don't have it so are you going to RailsConf I'm not I'm not um, I am I've not been to a conference I've not been to a Ruby meetup like this is this entire world is new and exciting to me, and it's it's neat. I've only been to one Ruby conference ever, and it was um, Windy City Rails. Like a, I'm in Chicago right now, and and uh, kind of like the Rails Comp for Chicago every year. It's in the fall. Gotcha. It's not really my thing in general to do, um, but I think I'll. I'm thinking about throwing a party for Rails Comp. I lit my apartments kind of close to where the the events are and, and is good for a party. And I, I haven't decided if that's like the best idea ever or an absolutely <laughs> awful idea. Oh no, it's a fantastic idea. It is <laughs> the best. Yeah. Any, anything that starts with, should I throw a party is always a great idea. Like that's just fantastic. I think that's the trouble of asking someone about this. Cause it's definitely a good idea for everyone else. Oh I, yeah. I just want, I just want the stories to come out of it. Yeah. I want um, I, I want to, the experience. It's going to be a nightmare to clean up and to maintain and all of the bad things that go along with the party. It'll be all fun. It'll be fun. Do it. All right. It's official. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a party. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So where, uh, where can people learn more about everything that is you? So uh, everything that is me, um, I am Generic Steel on Twitter as well. Um, I talk a lot about testing on there. Um, the testing book is where I send people most of the time. Uh, it's whatdoitest.com and GitHub Generic Steel, iamericsteel.com as well. Do you, are you looking for um, contract work now? I am I'm not at the moment. Um, I, I know a lot of people who are looking for contract work. Uh, one of the advantages of kind of putting myself out in, in this position is... Um, I mean, I've tried to be more public about like the testing stuff, and it's kind of made me this. It's made me a bit of a lightning rod for people looking for contract work, and I couldn't take on work for the beginning of the year because apparently you need an arm to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, if you need work, I I know plenty of people, and um, I'm also like if if I find the right contract, I'll I'll pick it up too. But I really. Uh, if you have questions, this is a big thing that I, I want to put out. If you have questions about testing uh, and, and you're not like, there's no book yet, email me. Like, I like talking about this stuff. Reach out to me. I, I really, really enjoy getting sucked into a conversation about testing. Cool. And email is eric at iamericsteel.com. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. That is correct. Well, this has been... Uh... This has been a good way to spend a late Sunday morning. Yeah, this has been delightful. I am uh, really enjoyed uh, enjoyed this. I, I had talking points at the beginning, um, if you'd like to go over them, just to <laughs> see where they were. Uh, right. Talking point one, <laughs> hi. Yeah. Uh, oh, talking point two, Sean. Um, talking point three, I'm sorry, I will mute the mic next time I throw up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's good. It's like it's, you know, when you're... When you're going to into a situation you're not used to, it's not such a bad idea to have a, a crutch. <laughs> Actually, they're sort. they're gone. I, I I minimized all the stuff that I had set up, like uh, any outlines or anything. I just this was uh, I, I enjoyed this a lot. All right. Well, everyone, go uh, go email Eric all of your questions about testing, and 
and pre-order the book. Oh, that's the thing. Can I pimp that a, a little bit? Oh, it's, yeah, please. Uh, so if right now it's you can pre-order it, and, um, and it's like weeks away from from being out. I'm really excited about that. That's cool. Um, the I'm gonna uh, ship a beta to anybody who's pre-ordered it. Right now it's ten dollars off the um, actual sale price if you pre-order it. And uh, there's a mechanic on the uh, on the little app that I built. That if you share it, you get another five bucks off. Um, so really, you can save a lot of money right now uh, because it's uh, still in the works. The beta is going to be shipping in another couple of weeks, and then uh, the final version will be out uh, pending uh, <laughs> pending my spelling errors and uh, any dumb ideas that I need to correct. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm barely known on Twitter, and thanks for listening. <laughs>